Welcome to uh, the GeekRx podcast. It's been a minute, uh, and when I say a minute, I mean I don't think we've done a podcast since February. Um, so that's a long time. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's been summer movie season, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, and every movie we've seen, we've written about. So we haven't actually done a podcast in a while. But uh, this time around, there's three movies that are coming out to the Atlanta area uh, this weekend. And so we've seen them all, and we had some thoughts, and we wanted to talk about them. Uh, so, hey, I'm Kyle, and this is... I'm Hannah. And uh, we're going to talk about The Nightingale, Loose, and Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Uh, three uh, films that, I don't know, I mean, they don't exactly like raise the pulse or anything when you talk about them, but they, they have some interesting background, a couple of filmmakers of note attached mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And once you kind of dive into that, it kind of makes, I think, people a little more interested in maybe saying, oh, I wonder what that's about. Let's start with the one that I think is probably going to be the most exciting to our listenership, which is The Nightingale. This is the uh, follow-up to uh, Jennifer Kent's The Baba Babadook. <laughs> uh, but uh, so uh, this is her follow-up film. And it's funny, this is sort of part of a long stretch of I guess they call it elevated horror filmmakers right now, which I think is kind of stupid, but um, folks. Indie it, horror. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like the filmmaker behind it follows and uh, Robert Eggers uh, you know, from the witch and uh, Ari Oster who directed um, hereditary. hereditary. Yeah. And they've all had, they all had their sophomore movies this year or like the follow-up to that, that horror film this year. Yeah. And what's interesting is most of them have not actually followed it up with horror uh, really it's more of like either a twist on horror or it's like a psychological kind of tale. Really only Ari Oster has done straight horror as yeah. a follow-up to Hereditary yeah. in Midsummer. Um, but here, uh, The Nightingale, it's kind of more like a, re- a revenge story, like a period revenge story. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, and it... Uh, so it, uh, it stars uh, Isling Franciosi, uh, who is an Irish convict, and um, she is, I guess it's kind of like, um, kind of like indentured servitude, sort of, like what, what she's in with her husband and her child. Yeah, I mean, she, I mean, she's basically being sexually abused uh, by some, like, lieutenant or colonel or some, some military man. Yeah, and, like, it's, it's in Tasmania, so, like, they've all been shipped over there back when, yeah. uh, back when like, the Australian, like, colony was a prison colony. And um, it's being set in 1825, that would make sense. And so, uh, yeah, she's she's subjected to some pretty horrible things uh, as a part of her sentence, which she thinks is about to end. Um, those horrible things lead to her uh, eventually chasing down her perpetrators uh, for of her great sorrow. And uh, she befriends a... Um, a, uh, an, abor- an Aboriginal tracker uh, played by Baikali Ganambar. And uh, they go on a trek to find the people who did her wrong. And uh, it, it, she, whether she'll either get revenge or not, you'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a brutal film. Uh, very hard to watch. It was really, really bleak. Yeah. Um, for me... I know that a movie, how much I enjoy a movie is not the same thing as how much I like a movie, but um, I couldn't really get past the tone and the content of this one. Um, like, I, I understand what it was trying to say. I think it 
said some of those things well, but it is unrelenting, horrible things happening. And it lacks something to balance that, like, I think, like, tension. Um, I was waiting for some kind of tension to kick in in a revenge movie. That is what I would kind of expect. Um, But instead, it seemed to more just be a series of really hard-to-watch incidents taking place back-to-back until the movie was over. Sure, yeah, I I get it. And it's it's quite slow, too. I mean, for a film that's so bleak and so... Um, punishing. Uh, it's also re- your mind can start to wander at times. I, I, I say that with a caveat that I, I actually liked this movie. Yeah. Um, a lot of people did. I, yeah. th- I think I'm in the minority, but I just I also feel like it doesn't accomplish much beyond this abysmal imagery. Like I didn't get a real sense of character for any of the characters, other than maybe the abuser. He's kind of the only one I felt like that. Had a lot really? of like showcase personality. Really? Oh no, I disagree with that. I think Billy was was really a, a, a standout. Frankly, uh, the tracker. I think I thought I, I felt like he was the centerpiece of the whole movie. He did too, but I mean, a lot of it was like things happening to these people. Sure. Whereas the I don't even remember the the name of the abuser guy that everyone's trying to get revenge on, but you know, he's the one sort of Hawkins talking about his destiny and what he wants and sure. how he feels he's been wronged and right. da, 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 da. and and with the people chasing him it just felt like it was more about the plight of their situation and other people like them they were stand-ins for injustice against a whole lot of people yeah um, but less of what was actually going on with them specifically Billy, Billy more so, I'd agree, had some character development. I didn't think she had much character development at all. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I I think the film really kind of underlines like the horrors of colonialization. And I think that's really why the film worked best for me, especially that's why Billy is like the through line yeah. that upon which the entire film rests. I mean, if it was just sort of a bleak revenge tale, uh, just that trudges through this Tasmanian sort of wilderness, wilderness, and it didn't have that extra element of actually, no, this is how you know absolutely screwed up uh, this entire situation is with these colonial colonial, colonial English uh, soldiers coming in and you know, raping these women and uh, just just uh, destroying the way of people, life, displacing yeah. them, murdering them. Um, you know that. I, th- I think that I think that's kind of an interesting interesting thing to look at and sort of stare right in the eye, which a lot of movies will touch upon very briefly, especially when you talk about like, the plight of Native Americans here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But this is like a movie that is about it, yeah. and you wallow in it, and it sucks. And I just I, to me that gives it a lot of value. But I say that as this is a movie I can't really recommend to anybody either. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of torn because on the one hand, I. I agree. But on the other hand, I think that especially with Billy's plot line, his stuff comes up so late. Sure. Um, I would say after the halfway point, probably that they really get into like his background and what, you know, until then he's just kind of like, I'm doing this because I'm being paid and what are you doing? And what are we actually doing? Oh, is this revenge? Uh, he's kind of just a spectator confused for the first half of the movie. And then he really gets involved maybe in the back half. But at that point, I was already kind of like, 
a little lost. Yeah, I, I think there's something about the relationship that builds between those two characters too, like how the the Aboriginal people had retreated there, uh, uh, versus that of like how the Irish were treated by those exact same yeah. c- colonizers. I mean, that's that's kind of kind of fascinating being a second class citizen, even though you look exactly like those people, and then when you're faced with Someone who's treated even worse, they think you're the exact same as mm-hmm. them. I think that's kind of kind of a neat dynamic. I did like that dynamic. And there was definitely an interesting dynamic of like a person who wanted to be there but was losing everything versus a person who was taken there by force and had no interest in being there right. and was displacing the people who were there. Yeah. Like combining those two things was interesting. But I don't know. It just it 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 did a lot, but it was all wrapped around this envelope of a revenge story that I didn't I, it just didn't grip me very much. Sure. And so I think that was kind of where it lost me. I don't know. It it was an admirable thing. But like you said, it's also very hard to tell someone like, oh, I think you should watch this. Yeah, I, I, just, I can't think. It's like it's a movie I, I have a hard time thinking of who I could recommend this to other than like my serious like film heads. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it offended a lot of people from what I read. Like a lot of people got up and walked out. Um, at the uh, premiere because there is a lot of really violent sexual imagery that goes on and on. So just, you know, take it with that kind of warning in mind. And they even put a warning on the, on the screener, right? Like uh, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a fun ride. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a press warning. um, And I will say there's, there's a moment in there that it was a lot for me. Um, And I, I feel like I've got a pretty strong stomach for this sort of thing, but um with that in mind, you know, if you're interested in what Jennifer Ken's up to next, I would recommend it. What grade would you give it? Oh, I don't know. B minus, C okay. plus. Yeah, I, I think it's an A minus for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Loose, uh, a movie that I think you liked a lot better uh, and is coming out also this weekend. It's from Julius Ona, who I only know as the guy that directed The Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> Uh, I did not see that, which is probably an advantage coming into this. Woof. Yeah. Uh, you know, talk about a movie that was hyped upon its release and immediately, as soon as people saw it, oh no, it was one of the worst movies of last year. Uh, but uh, Loose, on the other hand, is a bit of a nice turnaround for him. So this is a movie that also kind of deals in interesting social issues, I think. Uh, this time, I think, as it relates to interracial adoption, which is kind of an interesting topic in of itself. Uh, so Luce, the, the title character played by Kelvin Harrison Jr. Basically he's the valedictorian of school. Uh, he's, you know, accomplished debater, high school athlete. He runs track. He's basically Mr. Congeniality. Most pop, I mean, I, you know, he, he's, you're, you're a pitch perfect student. Um, and his adopted parents are played by Naomi Watson, Tim Roth. Uh, and what happens is, in the course of the movie, a teacher who I guess has like a particularly strong interest in his well-being uh, and maybe his mental state, played by Octavia Spencer, uh, discovers fireworks in his locker, um, and this sets off like a chain of, re- of events that leads to uh, disaster for some uh, and uh, sort of a an interesting look at the audience and the dynamics of um, interracial adoption and how one looks at 
how a person with a certain skin tone is supposed to act, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. how that person is supposed to be received by society and what the expectations are for someone uh, of certain class background versus that of others in, in terms of like his fellow students. Yeah, this was a really complex movie. And I really liked that about it. Um, like I was, I was thinking about it for a while afterwards. In a way, it is also semi a bit of a revenge or grudge story between this teacher and the student, um, and the kind of animosity the student has towards this teacher for treating him differently than his classmates um, because of the expectations everyone has for him. And so I think this film did a lot of really cool things with this idea of like you know, just because you consider yourself liberal and free thinking doesn't mean you don't hold people to stereotypes. Um, And whether that's Luce's parents who both seem to think they have the best kid ever and on a dime completely believe that he could become violent and untrustworthy because of this background, because for the first eight years of his life, he saw unspeakable violence and they weren't there for that. And so they have this, like, they don't fully trust that they completely know who he is. Um, and then the complete flip side of that is his teacher who is also black. And she looks at him as you are an example of, you know, a, a shining student in this community and we need you to be perfect. Um, when she finds those fireworks, she, holds him like more accountable, I would say, than she she would hold someone else with his parents, but then also keeps it a secret from the school because she can't stand the idea of him getting officially in trouble in any way. So it's like, she's also kind of putting him in this box. And then Luce as a character is super interesting because he doesn't like the way people are projecting onto him. And he makes that very clear by making his own intentions and feelings incredibly difficult to pin down. Well, you know, it's interesting when, when we when we talk about this movie, I think it sounds much more like more fascinating to me on paper. And when we like discuss the themes of the film, I think, oh, yeah, this this, this is good. This mm-hmm. is this is something very relevant, very interesting. But I actually found <laughs> watching Loose to be kind of a chore. Um, and I'm not sure if that is sort of Ona's pacing. I don't know if that's extraneous side stories that kind of don't go anywhere Mm -hmm. to some degree. There is one side story that is kind of strange. It's a bit perplexing. And to me, I think it muddies the waters more, a little more than it should. Um, The first thought I had when, after I got done watching this was I started, started thinking about the movie. We need to talk about Kevin, uh, which came out a few, like maybe five or six years back now uh, where it, it, it and, and, you know, now it's funny that movie is so timely uh, in terms of uh, school violence yeah. and, and what sort of creates these potential attackers and perpetrators. But uh, that movie had a at the time I was I was very lukewarm to that, too. But it had a directness that I appreciated that Luce doesn't quite have. Yeah. Luce kind of wallows like in sort of this gray area and it maybe does it almost too much to a degree where you're like, well, no, this kid, he really does have problems. But at the same time, it seems like the movie wants you by its, its, by its denouement, it wants you to feel, feel some level of sympathy towards him. I did. I mean, uh, sure. Cause you know, but what he, what he did jacked up, right? He did some jacked up things, but a lot of it was retaliatory. Um, 
I mean, and then a lot of it is also a question mark. The whole side story you're talking about with the girl that is very unclear, I would agree that that muddied the waters. But taking that piece aside, it is actually like completely the opposite of we need to talk about Kevin because we need to talk about Kevin. I think it's very shocking and memorable and gripping, but at the same time, it's message is fairly hollow, right? Like it doesn't have a lot to say about this kind of violence other than in this particular case, it seemed to be present from birth. Like it was just this evil incarnate that ever since he was a baby, he was kind of an asshole. And then he grew up to be super evil. Whereas this movie is very much the opposite. It's every scene you're kind of like shifting one way or the other, like, wait, it, are, are they being, is it the teacher being ridiculous? Is the parent being ridiculous? Is a loose being ridiculous? You're constantly kind of following different threads. Whereas in, we need to talk about Kevin. It was just like a portrait of um, a psychopath. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I get it. It's just that eventually I feel like this movie's trying to say so many things that it kind of loses track of what it's trying to say at all. Like when we sit down and try to identify the themes of loose, I think we're kind of all over the map. And I realize in reality, people are very complex and that can reflect on some truth. Right. But I also want to be able to come away with a thesis and I'm not totally sure Ona and JC Lee's script completely nails down what it's aiming for. I appreciate its ambition, but I don't think it gets there. I, I, I would disagree. I think it does a lot with this kind of, like I said, this kind of what people project we always talk about racism from the angle of a person who comes in with very like kind of xenophobic or right winged or clear hatred. And it is present from all angles. And I like that it kind of deconstructs that for you. Uh, Well, what would you grade this one? I would say B plus A minus. I would probably say C plus. Yeah. So we kind of swapped on, these yeah yeah for sure this one of the three we're talking about this was my favorite the nightingale was my second favorite and spoilers the next one was my least favorite yeah so this this one hurts man uh so richard linklater yeah uh, what what happened (laughs) yeah the filmmaker behind movies like the before trilogy boyhood uh dazed and confused everybody wants some movies that i love like i love these movies uh, this is his latest, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Uh, it's the uh, adaptation of a novel. Uh, and it stars Kate Blanchett, Billy Crudup, uh, and a number of other you know, f- f- remember, you know, names you'll know when you see them when they make their cameos and a few other folks. Uh, basically, it's about a woman who has uh, severe emotional and mental issues. She's a, uh, an architect who's no longer working. She yeah. marries Billy Crudup's... Uh, quite wealthy software engineer uh, who works for Microsoft Mm -hmm. and they move into this gigantic house that she has designed on the hill and like this in suburbia. She doesn't fit in uh, at all. Uh, Everyone hates her. She hates hates everyone else. Yeah. Particularly she hates um, uh, Kristen Kristen Wiggs uh, next door neighbor. Um, But she's continues to fall apart, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a movie that, that I think kind of gets confused about where she's falling apart and why she's falling apart. And I'm not sure it completely underlines that it's, it's reasonings, but the, 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 the bottom line is this, they had promised their daughter uh, a trip to Antarctica. And at some point due to Bernadette's actions that, uh, involve 
the FBI and and uh, a, a mudslide that mm. uh, destroys their neighbor's home. Uh, they decide that they're going to leave Bernadette behind before they go on this trip. Bernadette is going to be put inside a uh, a wellness facility, we'll call it. Uh, but Bernadette takes action into her own hands, runs she off. She runs away. Guess yeah. where she goes? She goes to Antarctica. Sorry, spoilers. I'm going to ruin this for you so you don't you have know, to see it. I, I can't take credit for this. I saw David Ehrlich tweet this, and I thought it was just such a spot-on analysis. He said, like, you would think a movie about, like, Kate Blanchett, like, taking a bunch of Xanax and sneaking onto a ship and going to Antarctica would be, like, amazing. Like, how how does that not work? But yet, you know, it, it really doesn't. Um, Especially when Antarctica looks like a pool in the uh, in a back lot with a green screen. That was the least convincing Antarctica I've ever oh, seen. Oh, when the two of them were sitting there, yeah. Oh, my God. It was definitely very That looked like screen. a gigantic pool that they were sitting in in a, yeah. in a couple boats. It was yeah. just a shame because Kate Blanchett is so, like – when it works, it really works. And then when she gets a script like this, it's it's just like, why? She can't you know? do this kind of kooky performance. She can't do it. I don't think it would have mattered. Though. Like, I don't think anyone in that role would have made this movie good. Yeah. Um, I think maybe she made it a little less bad or a little more interesting to watch, perhaps. But it was just a... I know you disagree, I but... I, I, I didn't I didn't feel that way, but I just... I just didn't know how this movie was supposed to work. Um, why it, it doesn't I mean <laughs> I mean I mean on paper like it's just a very like scattered I could see perhaps in a book where you've got a lot more space to tell a story like this it might make a little more sense like if these you know developments with fighting with a neighbor or with other things like that take place incrementally over the course of like a year yeah. and you start to feel yourself slowly unraveling and then a slow path to recovering. It, it might work, but in the confines of a 90 minute film, it's just like, it's just like every scene is something, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe that happened. Ah. Yeah. And then it ends, you know? Yeah. That's the frustrating thing for me too. As soon as we walked out, I thought, oh, so the problem was she wasn't creating that. Yeah, that exactly. That's the answer to all of their problems. And I, 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 that's, you, I don't think you can bring up the specter of mental illness, even in like sort of a lighter comp comedic romp without, like at least if you're going to talk about serious issues yeah. and kind of treat them seriously, like we're going to put you in a, a institution while we go off on this trip together. You got to address this thing face on a little bit. That's what I mean though. It's like, it all comes very out of nowhere. And like her husband's suddenly just like a giant asshole yeah. who makes no sense. And then her recovery makes no sense. Yeah. Like it's, it's all just very fast and shortcutted. Like I, d I haven't read the book. I hear the book is good. Who knows? But I feel like this kind of material adapted maybe as like a seven episode series or something would make a lot more sense than, again, a 90 minute movie for her to go through all of these ups and downs and arcs and for it to not just feel totally strange. What is going on with Richard Linklater, man? Like he did this. He did that last flag flying last year, which was also not good. I don't, I, I don't know. He's just turning in these like. Well, these quick movies that are that star like movie stars and they're not good at all. Yeah, I, I don't know if this was a 
just a paycheck thing, or maybe he was a big fan of the book, and maybe the book is good. I, I don't I think, know. I think Boyhood losing that Oscar just like he, he, he gave up. He's like, forget it. Maybe if, if I he, spent ten years making a movie and I can't win Best Picture, here I'm just going to do paycheck stuff I, now. I doubt it's I know, about I that. Uh, you know, some people also like their taste as they age doesn't age with things, and like there was something about that old mo- that movie that felt a little outdated. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was what I kept thinking. And maybe some of that is what's going on there. I don't know. It was definitely a wine mom movie. Cause oh, yeah. <laughs> At our screening, there was a signature cocktail yeah. that everyone was like fighting to get. So there, there were many, many, many moms there. It was one of the few screenings where I think I only saw a handful of men. Yeah. Like, if anything, it's usually the opposite. Yeah. Um, but it was almost all women at our theater. And, you know, maybe like – there's nothing wrong with aiming for a particular demographic and maybe this could resonate with someone who has given up their career um, to raise a child and kind of loses some of their identity with that. There's probably something there. I just don't know if, I don't know if Kate Blanchett was the right person to play it. I don't know if this movie was the right format for it. And I don't know that Richard Linklater was the right person to tell that kind of a story. Like all of it is just like the wrong person doing the wrong thing. Billy Crudup deserves so much more. I love Billy Crudup. I love so Kate Blanchett more. too. Like it, it was a good cast. The girl was the kid was kind of annoying, but yeah. what would you grade it? D. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, it's just so such a waste of time. Yeah. You know, it's it's also innocuous. Yeah. I would say like probably if you forced a hundred people to sit in a room and watch all three of these movies, this would bother people the least. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, um, I, I imagine this is the kind of movie that, uh, you know, middle America, you know, if they, if they wanted to watch something, they, they take their minds off. Things. Yeah. Like if you're on a plane. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it, it's it's not like you feel disgusted while you watch it or you can't stand it. It's just like it's nothing. It's just a throwaway. Yeah, that's not something you want to spend $20 at uh, no. your local Cinemaplex to go see. If you uh, want to see it, go ahead and wait for a plane. You won't be able to see the fake Antarctica as well. I don't know. Maybe everything being smaller will help. So to wrap, I say go see The Nightingale. Hannah says, all right. But none of these are rush out right now to me. I don't know. I don't think we're there yet. Catch them while they're still at your theater, though, because they may go out really fast. Yeah. These (laughs) are probably all going to be blink and you miss it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening.